Welcome from Iraqtip. This is the Digital Brief Podcast. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your digital and media editor. This week, we take a closer look at cyber warfare in Ukraine and how this is impacting European companies. For an overview on all things digital in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website Iraqtip.com. This is Iraqtip's Digital Brief Podcast. Today I'm joined by two speakers, Vera De Marie, Head of Digitalization at the German Economic Institute. Welcome, Vera. Hello. And Eva Tasheva, Cybersecurity Consultant at CN. Welcome, Eva. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, so, Vera, let's start with you. You have been studying uh, the impact of the Ukrainian conflict on European businesses, looking in particular at cyber attacks. What can you tell us of the situation until now? Well, even before the um, current invasion of Russia in Ukraine, there have been a lot of cyber attacks of coming from Russia aimed at Ukraine, Ukrainian government agencies and companies. And um, the cyber warfare is part of the conflict just now as well. And there's a serious risk of this spilling over to companies or government agencies in other European countries as well. Eva, you're involved in the ENISA, the European Cybersecurity Agency, working group for um, SMEs and uh, cyber threats. Uh, what can you tell us about the situation? Um, so, indeed, um, I'm supporting ENISA, but here, obviously, I, I speak on my own behalf. I cannot speak on their behalf. Um, what I can see from uh, from my practice, um, from from also... Uh, from my contacts is um, that the threat is rising. It is true that we are in a global cyber war since 2017, I would say, with NotPetya, uh, with WannaCry, uh, the big um, first global uh, cybersecurity attacks uh, that impacted everyone across the globe. Um, but we have seen uh, recently uh, intensification of the attacks. Uh, we see that they are not discriminatory. So if in the past it was focused on more um, economic uh, revenue. Uh, now we see mostly um, uh, spying and interruption of services. Um, so this is something to take into consideration for companies in Europe as well. Uh, going back to you, Vera, uh, we are living in an interconnected world. So can we actually make a difference when a company is attacked in Ukraine? Wouldn't there be some natural spillovers also to European companies or other organizations working for, for the Ukrainian company, for example? Um, that depends very much on the type of attack. There are some attacks that are very much focused where this, it's not that likely that we have spillovers, but the uh, NotPetya malware, for example, that Eva just mentioned, that was an, as a good example of how spillovers happen. This was originally directed at Ukrainian companies and government, um, and it's spilled over um, to European and US companies as well. This is something that could happen, easily happen again um, with these sorts of um, attacks. Eva, so you're a consultant. What do you say to European companies that are facing these sort of threats? The first and most important is to create um, cybersecurity awareness and program uh, in the company. Um, 
it is um, true that the threat uh, would always evolve and there would always um, be um, someone to defend from. What is most important is for the company itself to be prepared um, to be cyber resilient, to educate its users of what, um, how to stop um, the spread of the virus, for instance, or to prevent from installing on their uh, computers. Um, and for those um, that are more mature, like big banks or uh, big government organizations, so expectation there is to have very good network monitoring um, capacity to then be able to detect um, any threat that is dormant or that is... Um, uh, just uh, in a listening uh, spy mode. Um, so this would normally be it, uh, cyber resilience through education, um, security measures, uh, and um, network uh, monitoring. Stay with you, Eva. Do you think that these measures have been seriously taken into account by European businesses until now? In other words, are we prepared for this sort of situation? To be honest, you have um, different, let's say, level of security maturity in between different industries. So that those that were um, target of uh, different um, cyber attacks or traditional fraud, uh, like uh, financial institutions, uh, those they are better prepared. You have, on the other hand, the SMEs. Um, so the part of society and of the economy that we are now mostly concerned about um, because um, traditionally they were not the immediate target and they don't always have the budget capacity to invest in cybersecurity. So there we have um, the problem where uh, you could see a network, for instance, um, of a, a malware that could spread very easily through a large-scale attack in uh, SMEs because they don't use uh, up-to-date software, for instance. Uh, what you could see as well is, um, and this is very relevant now with the DDoS, denial of service attacks, which aim at blocking government websites, for instance, in Ukraine currently, but I expect this to happen also in Europe. Um, those attacks are enabled um, by a um, big uh, amount of traffic um, tuned in, in the direction of uh, one website. And for this traffic, um, to enable this traffic, um, insecure IoT devices or workstations um, could be hijacked, could be taken as kind of uh, zombies um, to be used um, to attack um, the government website. So here again, um, we see um, the increase of IoT uh, devices. We need to make sure that we use those that are secure uh, to prevent this threat. Vera, you have looked at the economic impact uh, of these uh, very, in very detail. Uh, can you tell us uh, what are we looking at in terms of economic costs for a company? Yeah, the um, the damages um, that happen um, because of those incidents are generally very large. They are direct costs, like repairing the damage to the systems, repairing the damage to the software that was impacted, um, paying for loss of data. Um, and then there are also indirect costs, such as um, loss of sales during the time when the system's not working correctly, 
or damages to reputation and brand as well. If you lose customer data due to a cyber attack, this will um, severely impact your your reputation as well. So there are large costs. And for Germany, we know there, there have been some um, estimations. We know that, for example, in 2020, um, 223.5 billion euros of damage were approximately incurred by German companies due to data theft or espionage or sabotage. And this is likely to be underestimated. We have to, to see that as well, because a lot of companies do not openly come out with these sorts of um, um, attacks that happened to them. So there's um, a lot of underreporting um, going on. So um, we're dealing with large numbers and um, this severely impacts the, the companies. Um, in Germany, there was a survey that was conducted during the pandemic just now, and about 26% of the companies that had been affected by cyber attacks during the pandemic said that the damage was very great or even threatened their existence. So this is a major impact for companies. At the same time, coming back to what Eva said, a lot of them still did not think to increase their IT security budget. Maybe because they couldn't, because their budget constraints, or maybe because they didn't really um, see the threat as an ongoing one. And this is a mistake. It's, it's very, very alarming in view of the conflict in Ukraine and in view of the general development of um, cyber attacks in, in Europe and worldwide. Eva, you're uh, very close to the industry. What does it take for SMEs to start uh, taking cyber threats seriously? I think, uh, as everyone, uh, Luca, um, what would make you believe this is about you is when you get hit. Um, but unfortunately, this would be too late. Um, so the cost that um, Vera was speaking about are very impressive at global level. I, I can share, for instance, she mentioned the German uh, impact uh, at global level. It's around $1 trillion used in cybercrime in 2020. Um, so this is um, comparable to um, the GDP of a country like Turkey. Um, it, it is a huge impact and uh, it could go around $24,000, dollars uh, cost for individual SME if they get hit by ransomware, for instance. So imagine if you are hit and you realize, okay, this, <laughs> this is a target for me, then it's too late, then you already have this uh, huge burden uh, to bear to repair your systems or um, some, you could also have some regulatory fines. Uh, relevant to, for instance, a leak of personal data that would additionally add a burden on you. Um, so what is important is to realize, okay, this is what could happen. It could cost me $25,000 just in repairing the system, but it would cost me, as Vera was saying, losing a client. How much I value my client and at least half of this amount invest in cybersecurity in terms of um, investment in protecting these business relations as well as um, infrastructure and, and business uh, data of your own. Um, another way to, to look at it is public awareness. Uh, and there we see um, NISA, the European Cybersecurity Agency, taking very active role 
in raising the awareness of SMEs and providing them the tools so they would um, think about the threat and the solutions before uh, the attack comes uh, on their doors. Uh, me personally, I also worked with um, with an uh, MEP member of European Parliament, Eva Maidel, and we have prepared a cyber security guide for SMEs, uh, specifically targeting the Bulgarian SMEs in in Bulgarian with local uh, particularities. Um, with the objective, again, to raise this awareness for them to be aware that this is happening uh, to SMEs around the world. It is about them, uh, the, the threat, and those are the measures they could take. Indeed, uh, these cyber attacks tend to um, target the weakest link. So sometimes even just raising the cost uh, for the attacker is enough to, to discourage it and to, to make them move to another target. But this doesn't only apply to companies, it also applies to countries. So Vera, you had an in-depth look at uh, Germany, of course, uh, in comparison with uh, Europe. Do you see any uh, cross-country trend in terms of cybersecurity? Not, not really. Like what I, what I saw was that the... Um, the uh, countries that the attacks stem from are different. Like uh, when you look at Ukraine, even before um, the Russian invasion, about 80% of the severe reported cyber attacks on government agencies and on high-tech companies came from Russia. And comparing this to Germany, for example, Russia also played a part, but that was only about a quarter of all attacks. So what's different is is where where attacks come from, the, the type of attack, and obviously the purpose as well. In Ukraine, um, a lot of the current attacks obviously have military or strategic or political purposes, uh, whilst the, so to speak, traditional attackers are are looking for for their personal um gains through ransomware or something like this for example so it it really depends on on the uh, type of country we're talking about but for the eu countries i think there are no systematic differences in in the sorts of um attacks at least not to my knowledge i'm not sure eva if if you see it similarly. Uh, yes, in a way, we are all interconnected, uh, right? So there's no much of a of a difference of the of the attacks, as you said. Uh, it's the source that sometimes differ, um, and also it's uh, important when you speak about SMEs. Uh, what are the leading sectors in the specific um, economies? So we know that there are different. Um, let's say, innovation hubs in across Europe. Um, so the majority of uh, um, some countries might have more fintech, uh, for instance. So there you would expect to have more fintech-related incidents. Um, countries like uh, Bulgaria, we have more um, traditional um, industry, tourism um, part of the economy. So you could expect more of those kind of incidents. So it's where it comes from, but also what kind of uh, companies you have on the ground. Eva, can you tell us more about the European response uh, to these cyber attacks against Ukraine? 
What I know is that we are, um, as uh, European Union, we have are sending kind of a knowledge and experts um, to support uh, Ukraine in dealing with the cyber attacks. Um, on the other hand, um, there is no uh, currently um, cyber sanctions on the table because um, what we have seen in 2020 is that we had the first European um, cyber sanctions against different actors again uh, targeted those, um, um, let's say, uh, authors of the attacks in 2017, WannaCry, not Petya. Um, this I don't see now on the table, uh, but this could change already tomorrow. Uh, so for the moment, it's uh, capacity building. It's preparing our own institutions, our own businesses uh, with advisories of um, how to protect themselves uh, about the raising threat of cyber retali retaliation. Um, and it is, um, let's say, more uh, reactive uh, for the moment. Um, with this, uh, for instance, I can mention uh, th this week, um, ENISA uh, had issued a joint uh, publication with uh, the CERT EU on boosting organizations' cyber resilience. So there you could find um, very practical uh, measures to implement to, uh, for, for companies to increase their resilience. Mm, we see um, also um, different, let's say, advisories um, or alerts uh, going in the banking sector uh, specifically. Vera, is there more that uh, policymakers can do at the national level or European level to, to counter these attacks and uh, uh, make sure that SMEs uh, are not affected? Well, I, I think in addition to what Eva just um, pointed out, there there has been a lot of action at the national levels as well, like the national cybersecurity agencies in different countries like Italy, like Germany, they have raised alerts, they have sent out um, information to um, companies, to critical infrastructure, obviously at the forefront of uh, cyber attacks. Um, happening, but also to other country, uh, to other companies as well. The ECB has raised its alert. So this is this is the reaction, as Eva said, to what's happening just now. And thinking of a more midterm solution, I think it's it, there needs to be um, an ongoing effort to provide um, specialists to be able to set up secure um, systems. So this is a question of education. Um, we're talking about STEM qualifications once again. That is a big topic generally all over the EU and we have shortages of these types of uh, specialists already and we need more of them, um, in particular with um, the, um, a focus on um, cybersecurity. Um, incidents or cybersecurity in general. So so this is something, the, the educational perspective is something that needs to be strengthened further to make this an attractive field to go into. And obviously this is not a short-term thing, but more of a mid-term thing. Um, similarly um, is, Eva mentioned the um, DDoS attacks that use IoT devices, mostly unprotected IoT devices or 
smart home devices to um, bring down websites, we need um, to implement security by design, meaning that all of these so-called smart um, products um, are protected against um, this sort of hijacking. So this is something that, that needs to be looked at um, in more detail as well. If I may add um, as well, I, I fully agree with uh, Vera and um, I wish obviously as working at European level seeing what is happening now at national level, at European coordination level in terms of security uh, policy, security cooperation. Um, I think it's, um, it's a moment that we realize as individual European nations that alone we cannot fight uh, a global threat we should come together. Um, this is very good. We now realize that in secure, traditional security, my expectation is that cybersecurity would follow and we would have more um, joint resources um, with uh, more powerful European institutions that could support uh, member states on the ground in cyber defense. Eva Tasheva is cybersecurity consultant and CN. Thank you, Eva. Thank you, Luca, and thank you, Vera. It was um, very interesting uh, to hear your perspective. Vera De Marie is Head of Digitalization at the German Economic Institute. Thank you, Vera. Thank you very much for having me. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free Digital Brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview on all things digital in the EU. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening.